everybody, this is Wesley Pepper and you're tuning to my podcast, Wesley Pepper's Art Lexia, which is brought to you by Spodcaster and Biobulb. Um, yeah, man, um, just a quick disclaimer. Uh, I've actually been getting my episode numbers wrong. Um, last week was actually episode 47, today is 48. So we're closing in on the 50th episode and as you know, I've got a thingy lined up for that, so, um, that art giveaway, so I'll t- I'll give you guys more information uh, with regards to that too at the end of today's episode. Um, let's just recap quickly on last week's episode. Big up to Zolade Pechane for coming through. Thanks, my brother. Um, I, I've, um, I really enjoyed um, talking to him last week, um, unpacking his um, processes and how, he's, um, you know, how he uses the color and um, the textures and those symbols in his work. Very, very interesting stuff. I'm definitely going to be uh, making a follow-up with him towards the end of the year catch up on how he's working or rather how the progress is coming on for his um and he's got a he's got another major show coming up in 2022 so big up thanks thanks my brother for coming through for that um i'm not giving any gallery a shout out today but this is usually the slot where i do that so uh um but um yeah i'm in association with that art company so where to and obtain art gallery um yeah <laughs> Um, you'll hear more of those guys in the coming uh, in the coming few in <laughs> you'll be hearing more of them in the future um, today's episode um, I'm talking to a very very interesting art, uh, a very very interesting artist called Erika Lutish she's actually I know her from the Johannesburg area but I think she's now based in the Western Cape so we'll um, definitely find out about that a bit later um, I think she does really fantastic um, 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 art um, she, she, she works with us embroidery um, you know we you uh, we pretty much use embroidery as a paintbrush which I think is really really fascinating I think the technique is fantastic and I think conceptually it's also very brilliant talking about conceptual brilliance she also does these very very interesting installations um, including landscape um, uh, type of a landscape art I've, I've, I've seen she's working in collaboration with a few other artists on that and uh, also the one that really stood out sticks out for me is those um, and I don't know if this is the correct word but a sort of a lollipop uh, or, or rather where she just takes a frozen water from a dam or the ocean you know with all the debris and all and whatnot freezes it and 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 and, and sort of uses these uh, 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 frozen uh, popsicles as a as, as an installation and you know there's and it takes photographs around I think the whole concept is quite brilliant um, and I think it really talks very strongly to uh, global warming etc so uh, we're going to be touching base on with all of that with her processes with where she draws inspiration from what she'll be doing now future projects etc etc so definitely look forward to that um yeah man um i've been um, in the past few episodes i've been talking a lot about about the about those artists sitting in the national arts council sitting um as a recording of this episode on the 17th of um of april that they are still there um so i'm still stem you know definitely in solidarity with what's happening over there i'm definitely keeping a close eye on the uh pros on on the um what's happening in and around there because there's a few yeah things that came out this week um i won't be talking about that in the intro um i'll, I'll be asking erica her opinion on that as well i know she's got a bit of a, a strong political bone too um and seeing what she has to what her take on that and of course you know like i'm asking all of my guests how they what's their reaction to the covid vaccine because yo, that thing is with the, the politics around that is becoming more and more and more layered and i think it's actually quite relevant for us to keep talking about it so i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode i will chat to you at the end of this episode with regards to future episodes and all the other fun things and remember to check out spotcaster they're the guys that host me that you think you're doing a fantastic job thanks for that a lot guys and um no mention of any art galleries or any other bodies <laughs> that I'm associated with uh, this week. But um, certainly next week I will be giving one or two. Um, I will be giving one of them a shout out or a mention. Yeah, I think that's the technical word for that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, stay tuned for today's episode. Um, I hope you guys. I hope you um, will enjoy what I have to offer for you guys today. And I'll chat to you too at the end of this. Baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobulb.org.
Well, <laughs> okay, thanks all for coming through, man. Um, really fantastic to have you on this platform. Um, like I was saying in earlier on, uh, big fan of the work, of the artwork, so I want to unpack that thing sort of bit by bit, and we'll touch also on the uh, on the politics of the of the ongoing politics that's happening in the arts, which is both heartbreaking and I think quite a slap. Um, I'm not a slap, I just think it's... Um, Ah, what um, it was expected to be, to be quite honest. Um, but um, yeah, we'll um, we'll unpack that one. So um, yeah, man, um, Erica, just for my uh, listens, listen, listens, listen, <laughs> for the people who's listening to the show. <laughs> uh, can you give us just like a brief, just a <laughs> can you just give us like a very brief background? Um, on like uh, where you from? Um, and um, more so um, because you know we want to talk about the art and the art processes so um, like you know just a baby bit of a background of your um, history in the arts you know um, if and where did you study and that type of thing and so on and so on okay thank you so much it's so nice to actually chat to you and it's been such a long time yeah yeah it's been too long yeah thank you pleasure um, so, yeah, I was eight years old when a school teacher told my parents the unfortunate news that he can't can't And those words was profoundly hard for my parents who had um, other ideals for their offspring. And, yeah. Um, and I then ended up um, after my trick in the Cape at Ruth Prowse um, Art School in Woodstock, which was an amazing experience. Here I was, 17 years old, and all of a sudden um, we're studying and we're with people of this country. I wasn't in just a white school anymore. So I'm talking 1981, 1982. Those were long, long years ago. And it opened my eyes to so many things. And it was an incredible learning curve, which I'm most grateful for. Um, later on, I um, studied through UNISA because um, it was really too expensive to study full time. Um, and then again, sort of had to be confronted with the fact that there were 400 of us in first year and only 15 people graduated after eight, nine years, I think. And of that, only two people were people of color or were black people. And and, I, and again, it just sh- shocked me. And, and I remember so clearly being in a first year class with these incredibly intelligent academic people addressing us about art history. And I would sit in a row where there would be young students, um, much younger than I was at the time, and they've never heard of the artists. These academics were just reeling off. And I and I remember sitting in a row and, and writing down the artists' names. And they were all European, of course. They were never of this continent. They were never people that we might live with or know or have any experience with. And those are the things that have stayed with me. And I think you have met me much later in my life when mm. we were working in Hillbrow. Yeah. And, and so I'd like to start my conversation with that I think creativity needs to be part of every educational tool and that creativity is the only way that we can redeem ourselves and our humanity on this earth. And mm. that those were some of the principles in my life but also that I was confronted with that incredible inequality and and that's why I think for me my time in Hillbrow was so important yeah because it was a way that I could share and could experience and could learn um, about creativity in a very very different context um, yeah yeah, interesting. Interesting. You're raising some really fascinating points there. Um, um, just to touch base on two of them quickly. Um, 
the fact that you so many uh, students in the beginning and only so few um, um, eventually passed and the, the majority were black. I've got a very very similar thing because I started in the in the late nine in the mid nineties in Bloemfontein and uh, 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 yeah I was the only colored boy um, um, there. Um, so I had to I realized from what I was what. 17, 18, something like that, 19, something like that, 20, um, idolize um, um, from then. What has a profound effect on my art up till today is my identity crisis because even then I didn't know where to fit in. Um, and that sort of just conceptualized into what I am today, you know. Um, so I think it's a fascinating point to say, like, 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 like some of us, okay, you were about 10 years before me, but um, um, around about that time, guys were uh, people, uh, artists were in these institutions. Our identity really got shaped um, by the politics of that, and we had absolutely nothing to do with it. We just pitched up, and then, yeah, the politics just shaped everything. That's actually quite, that's actually quite an interesting point to start off with. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned something with Outreach Foundation. So that's where I met you, right? So working in Yilbrow. So, um, just for the listeners, man, just tell us like, uh, what exactly were you doing there? Because I know the Outreach Foundation also funded a lot of, uh, theater based, uh, art projects and so on and so on. So, yeah, also maybe just a few, yeah, you can just tell us a little bit about the Outreach Foundation. And are you still involved with it? No, I'm not. I have left two years ago um, at a time when the organization decided that creativity and arts education is not the route to go. Um, so we separated ways, which was at the time very hard for me. But just to go back, that Outreach Foundation started as a project of the church, of the Lutheran Church in, in um, Edith Cavell Street. And they started with the organist at the time of the church um, starting music classes for children who were living in the area. And that very quickly expanded to a theater project. So the music school and the theater project were the first two projects that started. And then sort of in 2001, there was a discussion about a sewing class or bringing together mothers to sew. Now, again, you know, that, that, that again is just... Um, yeah, perceptions of people that if you give a couple of women sewing machines, they'll yeah, be able to make they'll work to sew. Yeah. And will change their lives and they will income generate automatically. Sure. So I was then sort of called upon if I'd like to start once a week just to offer creative classes. Um, at the time, I was working at the Sharpville Library, um, and that was 170 kilometers away from home. And here I was in Hillbrown. I thought, oh, this is just 10 kilometers away. This is fantastic. I can do this much more often than driving all the way to Sharpville. That was a UNISA project at the time. Yeah. The Department of Arts and Culture. And so I thought, absolutely, Hillbrown is perfect. It's close to home. And started once a week just offering, sort of thinking about where do we live, who we are, what's our identity, and why do we live in Hillbrow. And just a short anecdote of that was that people kept saying, oh, you must make the big five, and you must draw elephants, and draw rhinos, and draw whatever animal, buffalo. And I kept saying to the women that I was working with, when I look out of the window, I don't see a rhinoceros. I don't see an <laughs> elephant. Yeah, so yeah, good point. To about live your own experience and then draw on something yeah. that's not around us. And then one of the women did the most beautiful embroidery. It was a building, and you could see the staircase. It was all beautifully embroidered. And on top was a washing line. And I thought, that's it. This is Hillbrow. And we talked about that this is Hillbrow for me. This is how I see Hillbrow. And then the women said to me, but you don't understand. We don't want people to know that we live here because if you live in Hillbrow, you've not made it in life. Yeah. You are not not something. You are yeah. nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's a failure to end up in Hillbrow. Yeah, um, yeah. So we, we started about talking about your reality, my reality. What do you live? How do you live? Instead of this incredible highfalutin idea of what art is, which is rhinoceroses and 
giraffes because that's a whole tourist curio art thing. And people kept saying, this is what you should be producing because you'll make money. And I kept thinking, you can't produce something if it's not your own experience. You can't express yourself creatively if that is not how you live. Um, so we started the, the crafts development. We moved away from just the sewing. And then um, through the years, I added the whole idea of visual art and linking the theater and the craft together so that we could also start producing or working with the theater production, doing yeah. costumes, props. Yeah, because, and just my other big thing in life that the arts is the arts, whether you're a poet, yeah, a writer, yes, musician, yes, yes, 100%. Actually, just all work <laughs> we should just work together, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yes, like a hundred percent. I'm I, I agree with you there, um, um, 100. I, 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 I use the arts as a blanket term for every form of creative expression myself. Um, so interesting, 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 um, interesting point you made there about um, being based in Yilbrow, meaning like you haven't made it for sure. I've I picked that up, um, myself, um, and um, being saying that like I'm um, visit me in Yilbrow is not. You know, if you say that people generally won't come, you know, um, and yeah, yeah, the stigma around that place is next level. Um, I, uh, yeah. Um, also, also quite an interesting point about the big five. Um, um, yeah, I can relate to that too. Actually, that'll actually take me to another topic, which I don't think uh, is actually for another conversation because I just think it's terrible. Um, I just, I just think I fucking don't like throwing an animal, especially those five. Um, um, hello, you still there? Oh, oh. Yes, I, have. I, I agree with you. I agree. Yeah, um, um, I remember that. Um, just a quick story there. there. I remember, whew, this was in the early 2000s. I was at a gallery in uh, Edenvale, and um, I came there with, with images of people in the street doing drugs and tuck and that stuff because I sort of knew that reality better than I knew. And this lady gave it one look and she said, like, you know, now I must go back and draw animals. And um, I knew that from then, yo, this, is, this art game is going to be a lot tougher than I thought. Um, and it was, and it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was because I, I um, and, and, and funny enough, like if you, if, if you look at it today, the majority, um, it's like some artists have substituted um, the animals for portraits and not just any portraits, but like, you know, the helpless African child will fly on the cheek who can't do anything. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Poverty porn. Yeah. It's, it's fucking disgusting. I can't stand it. Um, and um, I want I, I must actually watch my mouth because <laughs> I um, no, want to lean into that over there so badly. But um, yeah, I know some people have to enjoy it. Um, it's also part why I think it's important to talk about art because um, yeah, it's poverty porn. Um, you don't get yeah. better dangas uh, and the right, and I just think it's disgusting. And us as Africans got so much. We are so more layered. We are so much more than just a barefoot kid kicking a broken soccer ball in a street, dusty street. Yeah. Uh, and this, and then, and, and, and that's a blanket term for everyone because the poets deal with the same thing, the writers deal with the same thing, the theatre practitioners, everybody. Um, yeah, it's uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Um, <laughs> the Outreach Foundation. Um, interesting um, thing, there, especially like when you, when you say that you started to do more props for theatre. I think that's a, actually quite. A, I, um, I didn't know how it started and how it moved. That was um, just another a closing question on them. Um, what are they busy doing now, and how did COVID um, affect them? You know, and what um, I guess like what work or projects are they busy? Are they are they busy with right now? Do you know? Um, I, I know a little bit um, because when I left, I, I kind of decided it was best to kind of really cut all ties. And the reason for that was that I was always very big on the creative process. And the reason for my being there was that creativity needed to be extended to all spheres of life. And although I concentrated a lot more on adult um, arts education, I also believed very, very strongly in both the theater and the music school and the opportunities that creates. Um, and when that was all severed, the, the theater was actually rented out and it was separated out from the Outreach Foundation. 
um, I was told that we will only be doing sewing and sewing classes. There will be no more creativity, no more land art, no more textile art. I kind of just felt that just, I can't support that. Yeah. And the music school has also been cut back dramatically. Wow. Um, so so I'm, I'm incredibly sad about it because wow. I think it's being positioned in Hilbra, it was the perfect space uh. to offer... Um, children um, creative explorations and and just remember when we met it was about Hilbra Let's Lala which is yeah. a profoundly fantastic experience yeah. and, and that exuberance of connecting creative spaces so all of a sudden the Outreach Foundation was connecting with the um, Wendy Broth Theatre yeah. and you're starting to create corridors of of creativity which was what we were hoping to do and then also connect with the national school of the arts um and that journey never never materialized yeah. because the organization just did not believe that creative education is the key for social injustices for social reconstruction for social reinvention yeah yeah um, yeah yeah because if you can't have art yeah. as the basis for a conversation, you can't discuss the land issues in this country. Absolutely. You cannot discuss incredible water scarcity. See, there I get stuck too. <laughs> you, cannot actually, you cannot actually discuss the inequalities that we're experiencing every day if you don't have a conversation. And and the arts offers you the opportunity to actually explore these issues without becoming so politicized without it. And I mean, art, of course, is political. You and your identity is political, but there are ways of having conversations about complexities that doesn't need to be confrontational. And um, the arts offer that opportunity. Sure. Um, that's actually quite a profound answer. Uh, is actually you actually raise another theme there that I'm also very passionate about is is arts education. Um, and for sure the lack of art. I mean, I mean, I've I, I seen it. You know, I see it every day. Um, also the people's lack of critical thinking and also understanding. Um, and what's happening there is sad, man. Jeez, I didn't I didn't know that. But and at the same breath, I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, art um, art institutions are not well known for being well run and for adapting um, to different things. Yeah. Um, that's that's actually quite another. That's another topic actually that uh, I think I should actually try to explore in a future episode. Um, they just haven't. Um, they stick to this one formula, and that's it. Um, I spoke to an artist uh, who's being represented by a major gallery, um, and um, prior to me speaking to uh, to 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 um, to this artist, everyone else who I've been talking to before that have been trying to adapt to the new, um, you know, this, 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 this post-COVID world. And the other gallery just didn't. <laughs> Full stop just didn't. Uh, it's still business as usual. They're still having openings and having people come in is because that's where their money is at. But that's, yeah, fucking hell. Um, Erica, I want to talk about, like I said, when I want to talk about your work. Um, you raised some, you raised some points there about um, you at the Outreach Foundation. You're working in landscape textile art, um, and I know that your the work that you, um, at least the work that I'm referring to, is landscape textile. And I know that also those installations um, that you do. So um, let's um, unpick that one a bit for bit, man. Um, let's start off with the uh, with the landscape art. Um, that's something that's a, a genre or field that I personally haven't worked in. I've never done something like that before. Um, all my installations and art was all urban, you know, in the inner city and whatnot. Um, I guess, like, where does it start? Like, um, where, uh, so just for the listen, so, so you, so you guys did like all these, um, not the tapestries, no, 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 what's the word? Uh, I'm just gonna say these textiles where you like wrap them around, around, around yeah. uh, trees and then so on and so on. So, so I guess just, uh, just to explain, like, what is it about uh, a landscape art that attracted you, you know, that got your interest? And how did you sort of apply your, uh, creativity to there? And then from that, we can unpack the processes and, um, and then move from there. Okay, so in 2010, 
Um, I was asked by um, two land artists, um, Stradum van der Merwe and Annie Snowman, if I would like to participate in creating the opportunity for exploring land art in South Africa. And one of the interesting things that I've just learned from that very quickly was that um, nature provides us with natural materials that are for free. And here I was constantly trying to use art material to teach people to make art, where in fact nature actually offers it for free. And I was, I mean, that was such an aha moment for me. Like, yeah. wow, you can go onto the beach and create art. You can yeah. collect a whole lot of driftwood from the beach and you can create these sculptural drawings that can become incredible artworks and then you can unpack it again dismantle it and recreate it and remake a new artwork so for me that was like yeah like i just thought it was the best thing ever yeah but the whole purpose of us creating awareness about land art in south africa was obviously environmental and, mm. and dealing with environmental issues in south sure. africa has huge mining companies who has been well may i use the words looting and excavating everything for other yeah, people yeah exporting yeah. it deliciously off our shores and the people who actually do the excavating are being paid nothing or actually dies because the the well, there's so much poisons as well that comes with mining. But um, the other issue was also water in this country. And, um, mm, yeah, you know, the fact that some people lived in a situation where they could just open a tap and other people had to walk miles to get water. And then mostly the female children and the, the women had to collect water. Yes. Anyway, again, another issue, but let's move along. So my part of this whole um initiative which was called site specific was that i could bring in um, the community component and community is also a loaded political word so let's talk about people living in neighborhoods okay. and, um, <laughs> you know there's all these loaded words and we yeah. need to very cancel culture is a big thing is a thing man yeah Absolutely. So everybody lives in neighborhoods. So how mm. can you involve the neighborhood to become involved in their own environmental um, complexities, but also how can they find solutions? So I've, I've engaged with this in 2011, 2012, 2013, and it was just for me, it was like a real eye-opener of what the possibilities are. And then in 2016, um, and maybe just to give quickly a, a brief yes. overview of a land art. Yes, it please. It came in the 1960s in, in America, quite a big thing. Um, but it was specifically big, big um, earth moving machines moving the earth around. So it was very big and sure. and quiet. Um, and there's the spiral jetty. Um, that is in Utah, and that's quite a big artwork, which is perceived as sort of where it started. So in America, it was very male, um, big artworks yes. driven by, by machines. In Europe, it was very quickly shifted into environmental issues, and the European artists generally kind of focused on um what what the environment um, is experiencing and global warming. And then in the East, and I'm talking specifically South Korea, which is where my yes. connections have been, um, it's incredibly ephemeral. The whole philosophy is that if you were in nature and you created art, nobody should be able to see it or know about it. Now that is from wow. the American land art concept so far so uh, far removed i don't even know how you connect them yeah yeah but yeah. in 2016 in 2016 the south korean um land art movement called gnapia 2 came to south africa to do a tour and they brought nine international land artists from sweden from namibia um, from ghana um and all of a sudden, I had the opportunity, and I'm, I'm saying I, but I think it's also we had the opportunity yes. 
to connect people and we started in the cradle north of Johannesburg and we ended up in Nyanga, Cape Town. And Just it fantastic. was a four-week tour. No, it was amazing. Wow, um, yeah, it sounds epic, man. We, yeah, no, it was fantastic. And that really exposed me to land art and propelled me also that it was the fun, most fantastic educational tool for children, for young people, for adults to uh, make art yeah. in nature. Um, just a quick question. Is there any way that uh, listeners can still view the art? Is it like in, on some website somewhere where you can have a look? Um, you can go to site underscore specific and you can find it. So www.site underscore specific. Okay. Um, we also created an educational book to introduce grade from grade five to grade 10 learners to land out in South Africa, um, which was just a wonderful opportunity to share some of the experiences. It yeah. is also an online version somewhere of that, but I don't have the yes. have the link for that to be hit now. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, like that sounds, um, I, I can um, I can also understand that uh, uh, because you're not using any of your material, uh, I would say traditional art materials. So the processes, the, you know, the, 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 the way the brain as uh, uh, you know, you know, traditional art making processes now sort of put on the shelf and you must sort of like work with you, like literally, like, like literally take your creativity to a next level. So I guess what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to suss out is like, how did you approach it? So, um, or rather, um, yeah, let me, let me ask a question like this. Um, with most visual artists, um, you know, before you do a body of work, you usually have a theme or a message that you want to, that you want to talk about and then you use your materials or whatnot to, to sort of, uh, convey that. What was your, um, um, headspace like and what message were you trying to or how and also how were you trying to use um, the landscape in your um, in your art making okay so for me so so just to add to it the only way that you can then document um, land artwork is through photography yes um, which is yes. sort of one of my passions too and that's the only way that you you could keep it so specifically where I'm currently working with um is that I'm I'm using water and how do you keep water is by making ice and and then there's sort of the element of um freezing um and it started in Emerentia Dam in sort of 1914, 1915, I think we started the Josie Land Art chapters in Emerentia Dam to get people to use the park, not just as a space for walking and picnicking, but also for a space to create art. And um, I then collected the water from Emerentia Dam and then also some leaves because um, autumn is always such a beautiful time of the year. And yes. autumn leaves frozen in thin sheets of ice with a little bit of light behind. Yeah, very beautiful. Well, it's beautiful photographs. So immediately you have a very eye-catching. Yes. So sorry, it sounds like I just went for the quick, easy options. But I am a visual person. So yeah. usually I'm, I'm attracted to things. So I started with the whole idea of, of ice and um, the leaves of the trees in and around the dam. Um, but also, you know, we, we constantly hear about the ice caps melting the Antarctic and both the poles are melting and it's going to affect the rising ocean levels and it's going to affect our quality of life. But we don't see it. We don't realize it. We don't take it into account because it's not something we experience. So for me, what I've been learned to do was to measure the time. How long does it take a piece of ice to melt and what is the temperature what is the wind chill factor so i now record the time the space the the, the date the temperatures and the and the wind or the um, the wind speed because that all affects how fast ice melts and so that's just been something that i've been doing and then little things starts happening um, you know, one year I did a, a series in 2018, I did actually um, circles of ice 
with leaves on. And as I was unpacking them at um, the Botanical Gardens at Imerentia Dam, I realized that I made 16 and we are 16 in our family. Okay, and, interesting. Um, yeah, well, it was, it's just, and this is what happens to artists, the involuntary of yeah. creating things yes. that has meaning. Yes. And, and sometimes you need to stop and, and, and think about it. And, and the other thing is that my mother, when they got married, um, at OK Bazaars um, was a, a, a dinner set with um, autumn leaves on and she had to buy so she bought them and then she paid it off so they would buy two cups and two teacups and two plates and then okay. she had to pay that off and then she bought the next ones so that eventually she could have that the whole set and they yes. had autumn leaves <clears throat> on so all of a sudden I had 16 plates or six, 16 circles of ice with autumn leaves in wow and it immediately becomes that personal. And that's yeah. what I also want to, to connect back to the experiences in Hilbra. Yeah. When I started um, working there with a craft project was that you can't make the big five if you don't live with the big yes. five. Yes. You, you cannot work in sand dunes if you live in Hilbra. Yes. Nature is different in Hilbra than it is in the sand dunes in Namibia and that's what I'm saying is that you if you are an authentic and stay true to who you are your work will always relate automatically back to your identity sure 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 uh sure like I've, I've, I really want to unpick this thing here so um firstly like um the Amarantia Dam ice um so like if I must reference it like um like as you're explaining um um, I remember they had um, the 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 um, I'm just I'm just say icicles or popsicles. Uh, uh, yeah. They had they had different layers, right? So there was um, it um, it almost oh, visually for me at least um, um, it um, it looked like you took like a you know like I would say almost a scientific sample of the water to say okay this part of the water is clean this part of the water is polluted etc etc and uh, um, the debris in there gave it a very 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 interesting texture it almost it almost gave it a certain narrative because um yeah. yeah like certain leaves will be at a certain part of the dam and that type of thing and maybe a few sticks and other debris will be different so i think i think that it was very site specific which was quite beautiful and like the um i guess i i, I guess like my first question is a as a technical question like how did you manage to get or rather how did you because because it was literally layered there was there was there was different colors in the um in in the Icicles. Yes. How did you? How did you? How did you? How did you know? How did you manage to do that? Um, but because the water is, is polluted, um, because we live in a city. Um, yeah. Well, that was in Johannesburg, um, and and the water comes just with all of that pollution. It's plastic. It's food. It's polystyrene. It's then also obviously the leaves. Um, so, so, and, and the water also tastes very differently from the dam. So I used, for sure. instance, when I used the dam water, then I would be very clear that I used the dam water. But if I use the water from, the, there is some running water too. Yes. In Emerentia Dam, then I, or at the Botanical Gardens, then I would, you know, that would be a different, it immediately looks differently. And just to jump quickly, I did some, um, ice work last year and I collected water from behind the mountains here in the Hector River Valley where I live Yes, and it was snowing and I collected the water literally in a, from a stream running straight from the mountains and the water was it and I'm saying that knowing that the ice, that even the snow is not clean. Yes. It was so clean compared to the water that I used in the botanical gardens. You And even the tap water. And it wow. also ices differently. Wow. The clarity. And so wow. water, for instance, in Johannesburg, always very dirty, clouded, yes. and had a lot of sediment. Whereas the water that I'm, 
I used, and I only got a five-liter thing, and I used it very sparingly um, because you have to then wait for the next year for for the snow before you can collect yeah, water yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, becomes, it becomes that specific, and I think that is what I'm trying to also communicate. And yes, I think that comes across. I think that comes across very, very, very strong. Uh, and I'm and I'm and I'm actually glad you explained. Yeah, it does. It does because I saw other pieces that you're doing. Um, of, of water collected by the ocean as, as, yes. as well. I think that was now recently, if, if my memory serves me. And 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 yeah, you see it. That 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 that's actually why I wanted to talk. Um, um, a few more questions on that. Like um, you're saying that you would um, you would um, you know once they're frozen, you know you'll put them up in you know in a certain in 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 at you know in the physical landscape and then take photos of them. So you was, you mentioned something of like. Um, the, the the different factors that um, that'll take for these things to melt. Um, 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 yeah, just um, um, just explain a little bit about that. Like, um, you know, versus Cape Town versus the Western Cape, <laughs> Cape Town versus the Western Cape, um, Johannesburg versus the Western Cape. Um, and um, <laughs> um, because I saw, uh, and I'm busy referencing now, like you know, like um, images I, I saw that 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 you know, as as they melt, you know, the leaves will sort of come loose, and if there might be a bit of a breeze, there might flap i thought that visually was also very very strong and the way the um light bounce off the ice um because I'm, I'm glad you explained like the difference of the the the, 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 the i guess the quality of the water because the ones that i'm, that I'm looking at that, are, that, I'm, that I'm, <clears throat> I'm referencing now the ones in the ocean when the light bounce of it looked crisp and clean like a you know like a fresh yeah. moon like some shit you'll see on tv you know whereas yeah whereas yeah, in johannesburg it was just all muck and dirty so uh, uh just explain to like how long will the whole thing um take and um i guess how many um how many photos do you take and is there video and you know is there um is the is the documenting uh, or rather while documenting this process is that uh, another separate body of work as well well, the, the, there's two things that happens. There is what I imagined it would happen and I think would happen, then automatically does not happen. And I'm referring to the the ice that I did in Swakopmund in Namibia on the beach there. I, I used yoga tubs and they had very beautiful um, seaweed that I collected and then I used that. Um, and, and one should not talk about the fact that one uses other people's freezers to freeze your artwork and um, people might not always be aware what you do. <laughs> yeah. It freezes. There's a whole other And then you have load shedding and then you find oh, yourself fuck, running yeah. around finding people with generators <laughs> so you can keep your artwork frozen. <laughs> Um, but but what I just wanted to say is that so yeah so you think oh I'm going to pack this in a row and it's going to look like sand castles and ice sand castles you have all these ideas and then the tide comes and it takes it all away <laughs> well now all my artwork is dobbering there in the little waves in the front and you go okay and then you have to run in and and salvage your, your artwork <laughs> and then. <laughs> You know, so, so strange things do happen. But yes, the photographic journey is also, or experience is always important. Um, and you always look for sun and the sun set because that's the beautiful time of the day and the beautiful hour. Incredible. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, things melt a little bit faster than it would early morning. Yes. Um, but but yeah, so I've only recently started to to video um, so I've now learned to set up a little tripod um, with my cell yeah. phone and and I do time lapses because yes. you know, people are not going to sit for an hour to wait for, you know, people just don't have that kind of attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a time lapse will look very, very, very cool. Uh, yeah, I've done some some time lapses, but I mean, you need to also again know. Then the wind comes, and then your oh, time lapse oh, yes. crash. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, because no, nature's got, nature's got its own way of saying to you, "Yeah, you might enough. have this idea, but quite frankly, it's not going to work." <laughs> 
because uh, like um, yeah man I think it's visually it's I think it's really really strong and I guess like a video element I'm actually I don't know giving you a bit of advice here or just add or brainstorming I think the, the, the timeless thing will actually be incredible I think it'll actually add uh, or rather the, it'll speak related really to, to the narrative of global warming and the ice caps and the quality of the water yeah. and etc I think that will actually come through a much much stronger fire fire video um, that's actually that's actually really cool I guess my I guess my closing question what with this is is like what's the what's the next step? Are you uh, putting together a full body of work for a show somewhere, or are you planning to do more of this and where and that type of thing? Um, that that's always the the, the very interesting thing. <laughs> um, I've never been invited to a white cube space, um, and and so now there's two ways of responding to to are you putting up a body of work and will you have a show is that um do i actually want to be in a white cube space wow with all of those incredibly complexities to it or am i just not not really an artist enough to be brave enough to put up my work in a white cube space i sure. have no idea those are actually but quite I, profound answers <laughs> but i really prefer to be in nature and i really prefer my yeah. work to be outside and yeah. um, and and I suppose until the white cube space is not being equalized and that, oh, that, that's that another political too, Very. I think I want to stay out of it and, and use the digital domain. And I would be much more interested in having a digital component or actually really really rather have my work up in a in a in a digital space wow you 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 answer is incredible it's incredible um and it's actually getting my brain to work here um what i've been documenting through the podcast for the past uh year and a bit is how artists have been adapting to covid and to technology so i've got a real very specific focus on technology um mostly just a bit of a background there i'm just sick and tired of always seeing of 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 major trends coming from the west you know whereas we have all the talent right here it's not like um, and we're all doing the same you know it's 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 the same gig as that we you know i i and this is fucking galleries. I blame main gallery, galleries for this. Is that they'll always look at what's happening in the West and they sort of try to give a, a essay or African version, which I I can't stand to be honest. But um, yeah. moving forward with the um, with the with the digital space, uh, um, yeah, man, sure. Like over, um, I was watching a documentary early on this week um, where they were talking about how fast um, innovation has moved. Um, well, now uh, it, 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 it's a year on, and in some fields, like technology has moved five years already into the future. Um, if you look at drone technology, if you look at um, this is how we're using our, 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 our phones and etc. There's just so many other other things there. But um, the point is, <clears throat> the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that is that technology is really run, um, 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 and it just makes more and more sense for artists to align themselves with that. Um, firstly, your yeah. market, your your audience is much much bigger, and um, there's also the 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 whole clicking on. I don't think that's the right word, but you know the the whole culture around people liking clicking and etc. etc. Because it's actually a way of monetizing that as well um or at least pulling those people to look at the work and then you know using other uh, strategies to uh, monetize that and i'm actually really tracking that as you speak because there's something called oh shit it's nft okay don't quote me on that but it's but it's in if somewhere i know i've written down somewhere um where where artists are creating digital um work which is now being being sold um, online, and you're using crypto um, to 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 to, yes, to buy it. Right. Yeah, man. And there's even uh, what's it um ah uh, 3D, um you know with the with the with the headsets. And I think Nova Gallery. I spoke to them twice already. Um, something I'm kind of keeping my keeping tabs on like they was experimenting with that over there and it's a black owned black managed um, um which is really exciting um so 
I just think like I personally I think your work will work perfectly for, for that and, and, and now more than ever I think the um the time is right, you know. If it wasn't for COVID, we would probably still be in a few years behind, but we are definitely there now. Yeah. And artists all over the world really um are um are looking to see how they can work with it. So in in many ways I'm actually quite excited about it. Um yeah, so that is very cool stuff, man. So, and like your, your answer on like the politics of the white cube, your um, major, like, like um, um, I too have a lot of politics around that. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm always trying to not badmouth anybody on here because I'm afraid one of them might no, just listen to <laughs> And that could prejudice like future sponsors and yada 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 yada. So um, yeah, you gotta watch your mouth. But I too <laughs> have issues with that. Um, you raise. Um, I sort of want to make a follow up question on that to make it more about what's happening in the art world today. Um, and that's what's happening at the NAC, man. Um, as okay, what's today? It's the seventeenth of the fourth month today, and um, that sitting has been going on for or sitting has been going on for close to forty odd days. It's 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 touching yeah. in two months. Um, I'm I'm following it mostly on Facebook. The photographers are taking pictures, and I some of the artists making artworks. Yeah, I know one of them personally is a buddy of mine. Um, so I've been looking at Achman, everything about it. So um, what's your take on it, man? And um, um, where do you think it's leading to? Um, and yeah, just just what's your what's your take on what's happening over there? Well, I I would like to just say first of all that I have to thank every artist who's there, who actually is sacrificing their families, their time their productivity, and then specifically, obviously, to Subungile Mungoma, who is leading this campaign. And yes. I, I, as you know, as an artist living very far away, I feel I try and do as much as I can on my Facebook page to raise awareness. Um, I think it is absolutely tragic that we've come to this point in our creative history in South Africa because we've gone through really shitty times as it is. It is not easy for any artist, whether you were young, whether you were a person of color or whether you were a black artist or a colored artist to even access education. Now, the, the little bit of money that was made available is completely compromised. And I, and I can talk from very personal experience to quickly sum up. I applied for the PESP Stream 2 funding. I managed to secure funding. I was totally excited. Um, Worcester, which is a town close to me, turned 200 years old um, last year, and they celebrated by acknowledging nine people who were born in, his, um, in Worcester and gave them the freedom of the town. Um, nobody knew really about it because COVID happened. And I thought it would be fantastic if we can actually tell stories about these people. I'm talking about artists like Dumile Feni. Yes. I'm talking about writers like James Kutsia. I'm talking about um, Justice Timbile Squiyie. Yes. I'm talking about serious people, people who have fought, people who have changed, people yeah. who have done a lot of work to change who we are and have brought us to where we are today. So my idea was that we could pack stories in, in mosaic and then um, put them up as public art in Vista. So the long and short story of it is that we got the funding. We were told that despite the fact that it was a 14-week program, we have to do it in five weeks. We agreed sure. to it. I started working like crazy. Um, because I also propose that we work with people who do not have homes and people who are differently able, because I wanted people who were already marginalized to come to some sort of point to understand their own creativity, that they can be creative, and that their artwork and their visual literacy is important enough for the town and that people could see it. So it was about ownership this is our heroes. These are the people we yes. want to tell the story of. <clears throat> and then we lost 60% of our funding after, you know, after yeah. we started. Yeah. 
So, so I'm also unfortunately yeah. for for me, whatever the artists are doing at the National Arts Council is profound for me. Yeah, because at least they are doing something which yeah. I cannot do. Yeah. I'm proud to say that despite everything, we did complete the work. Wow! Uh, Congratulations. I I think it's very beautiful. We cannot install it because that is the funding we are now lacking. And I'm obviously looking yes, for funding. Yes, alternative, yeah. But, but the fact that artists have to host a sit-in, and I know that Kimberly is doing a sit-in and Bloemfontein yes. Takoff, they're yes. also doing a sit-in. So, so it's again, it's not about whether it's an opera singer or whether it's a musician or whether it's a poet. It is about all of us because the art yeah. is about all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, I just want to add my little two cents here because I've been talking about this for the past, I think, four episodes now. Is that personally my relationship with the NAC is about on and off. I've never got direct funding through them. Um, but I've worked on projects and so on and so on that was funded by them. Um, so my whole thing was um, I, 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 I support them 100%. I just don't think we should wait for government to do anything. I think that all the whole Natim Tetwa thing is a, is, a, is a disaster. I had the pleasure of meeting him and take for, <laughs> taking photos with him one year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's a disaster. He's a he's a wooden character. He's stuff. He doesn't know shit, man. I mean, like he was actually quite clueless. Um, and I remember standing there thinking, like, oh my god, like, what? <laughs> um, um, I just, I just, I just think the whole waiting on government thing. Yeah, just like it, man. I just think that's just a, a, a to me, to me, I. I've been doing this gig now for give and take about 20 or so years and um, government hasn't done shit for me. So, but on the other hand, like, um, like I just meant to, 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 to do that sitting for over 40 days. I don't know. It, it, it's uh, those guys clearly have something that uh, like their stamina is, is next level. And I pledge my director to them in every, every episode. I'm, I'm, I'm asking artists as well um, what, they, what they're thinking, because I think it's a very important story. That It's a very important thing for us to talk about um, and to get our opinions out there, because just like you, you know, I, I, I don't think, or rather, I don't think I have the uh, uh, personality, I guess, to sit in an office for like 40 odd days, you know, stuff like washing and, and and yeah. and food the and, and the trauma the, that the, oh my oh god that too you 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 know and I think the media the mainstream media is doing a terrible fucking job of 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 covering it because it's coming off as a starving artist they're not looking at the real problem which is also why I want to talk talk yeah. more and more about it um, so that's just that's just something I'm keeping I'm keeping tracks on um, I'm keeping tabs on sorry um, on here and uh, I'll be giving my listens like pretty much update every week um pretty much. Um, Erica, last question, man. Um, um, this is also a, a question that I'm asking every single body. Um, it has to do with the COVID vaccine. Um, I'm asking, so far, I'll just give you a bit of a background. Um, everyone is actually quite divided about it. So I'm asking people, are they pro-anti-vax? Like, will you get the vaccine? If not, why? And, you know, if you, if you want it, you know, say, you know, why? Um, and um, the like, like I've been asking everybody, it's actually quite divided. Um, and uh, people are actually giving quite, quite interesting, some, some cases quite radical um, views on that. So what's your take on the, on the COVID-19 vaccine? And will you get the jab um, or will you just leave it for whatever? No, I, I definitely will get vaccinated. Um, and, and, and because I work, or my work as an artist um, primarily is to work with people. Yes. And in order for me to ensure that people will be safe and not get COVID, I would like to be vaccinated. But I also believe the the fast the fastest that was a terrible grammar anyway. The quicker, <laughs> get, the quicker we can get herd immunity. My issue just with the whole vaccination process is that um, it's not happening. Yeah. Why is it not happening? Um, and and the other question is, of course, again, the richer countries in the world have very quickly yeah. made sure they've got the vaccination yeah. for their people, and they've oversubscribed. 
which means that again, us living on the African continent will be left behind. Yeah. And and that is just it's just terrific, which you know, over 120 years ago they carved up this continent in Berlin at that horrible conference. And yet we we are still we are still actually experiencing the after effects. But absolutely so everybody goes, oh, look how in America they're vaccinating. We are not vaccinating. Yeah. Well, primarily because we also can't access enough yeah. um, vaccines. You know, yeah. it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's, sorry, but, and I'm it's sad, interesting. But I will it's get interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pro vax myself too. Like, because just like you, I work with other people and I want to move, you know. Like, I, I mean, I have a show now in Eswatini that's running and I couldn't go to the opening because. You know, the government has certain, you know, you have to be vaccinated and it costs a lot of money and stuff like that. So already just not having that jab in my arm has, has, has impacted me. Um, I'm definitely for it. I um, I definitely think we should, we should, we should, we should get it. But on the, also on the other hand, I understand, well, I'm, and I'm definitely listening to everyone else who's... Um, you know, because a lot of people are like undecided, and I know there's others who's like hell no, and the guys who are hell no is usually drawing their uh, reasoning from from history. You know, because as African people, we have a very bad um, history with vaccines and so on yeah. and so on, and um, so I understand all of that. That's why I just think it's really important for me to get everyone's perspectives, and I sort of want to create a body of work on that. Man, towards the end of the year, um, with all the data that I'll be having, you know, I'm still not sure how and what and what, but um, there's definitely some. Something I want to do um, because it's yeah it's a big thing and as artists we need to travel you know we need to move from one city yeah. to the other and like how can you do that if you can't travel um, so yeah man that's also that's also a very a very contentious thing it's also a big story that I'll be tracking in the coming one so um, Erika Lutich right <laughs> with a with like like yeah okay the yeah. my my thing is on um, me pronouncing names that's not one of my strongest points yeah yeah uh, but like ish i'm learning eh? um thanks a lot for coming through man i think the oh, the um those uh those those installations I think visually they are incredibly strong, man. Like all the best of the project in uh, Worcester. Um, actually, I got, I know some I know some people there too, um, and I know the politics in the Western Cape. That's also be interesting to talk about in the future. I know that's also it's yeah. different to Gauteng or the Northern Cape or wherever. And um, yeah, man, we now moving into winter. Um, so I know that. Um, the arts has also been, yeah, that's, it's also been quite busy. There's a lot of artists doing a lot of interesting things. But, um, you know, if I must look back in a year on, we all thought that a year ago that this time things will just be normal. And, like, as we know, things will never get back to normal. So it's very interesting yeah. to see how artists are working and adapting with everything, man. So the stuff in the Outreach Foundation is also super, super interesting. So uh, thanks for coming through, man. And um, I will be in touch with regards to when the episode should go live. Um, but I'll let you know. We'll, you know, do the Facebook, the social media thing, and I get people from listening to the show all over the world, and the listenership is really growing, which is really exciting. So people will listen. So perhaps a potential funder can listen to or hear what you guys are doing there in Worcester, and I hope that can work out. Man, I think that's. Um, actually, I didn't know Dumele Fiani was from Worcester. I always thought yes, he was from. Yeah. Ah, I never knew that. And the reason why he then decided to not come back to South Africa was because he was on a, I think, on a trip in America. And then the, the, the then government said to him, you can only return. You have to go to Worcester. You can't go anywhere else. And he decided, oh, wow. well, you know, stuff you guys. Um, I'd, I'd use stronger language if I could. <laughs> and he ended up in up in London, and um, so I find that a fascinating part. Yeah, of it history is. It is. I, I, I never. Um, I never. I never knew that. I never knew that. Um, yeah, yeah. Dumele Fiani. I think I was really moved in 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 in, in terms of African art. I think he had a really big uh, impact on me. Um, I remember watching, um, going to a retrospective exhibition in the early 2000s at JAG. Um, I was there at least mm -hmm. twice, maybe once a week, as long yeah. as it was on. So I tried to go, I went to every artwork to look at it in, you know, in the most finest detail. I 
didn't know he was from Houston. Um, thanks a lot, man. Um, okay. As I said, I'll be in touch with everything. Have a super Saturday, fun Saturday. Um, and Thank I'll be in... Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, man. So we'll be in touch with Rendig when it goes live. Um, okay, see you. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, Erica. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Hey everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think it was incredibly insightful. Um, it's always cool when you learn new things. Um, I think her work is very, very, very cool. And all the best for that project that she's involved with in Vusta. Um, yeah, the whole thing about the NAC, the NAC sitting is something I'll definitely be covering practically every week as long as it's going on on this podcast and keep you guys up to speed with what's happening and on and so on. And, you know, also weighing my own opinion. So, um, yeah, remember that this podcast is brought to you by Spotcaster and Vibob. So remember to always check them out. Remember to subscribe, comment and like to, to everything over here. It definitely helps us um, seeing what you guys are thinking, if you're liking and not liking, etc. That's always very important to us. Um, also, um, remember to check us out on all the streaming platforms. That's iTunes, Spotify, Spodcaster, uh, iHeartRadio, big up to them. I, I, said, I said Spotify, <laughs> Google Podcasts, uh, and there are others too. You just search for the name Wesley Peppers Art Lexia, and you'll see my face pop up there. And you know what? When you see that, you know that's the dopest art content i think in southern africa and i've said it once before and i'll say it again so yeah thank, thanks everybody for that um just the last just in closing two points um one with the giveaway um so i'm looking to do it on the 52nd episode um it's gonna be pretty it'll be a pretty straightforward thing i think i'll just be asking you guys like to um you know the first one to uh, to like or subscribe or something you know something really quick and easy um there won't be any questions or anything but it will be an original artwork um by Zolale Pichani. um you know the artwork is, will be worth some interesting some really worth a, a, a lot more than just any other giveaway you'll get on any other show so and it's also something i want to uh, uh, uh sort of pioneer in because i think giving away and talking about art is absolutely absolutely important just like erica was saying like art education i think this too um, um is a part of that because the giveaway i'll be I'll, I'll um you know i'll be explaining what's going on in the artwork um and I mean, it's original artwork. I think that's an absolutely fantastic thing that is happening on the show. So, but I will be giving you guys more details, especially on my social media pages. So check me out on Twitter at, at Wesley Pepper, on Facebook at Wesley Pepper, at uh, Instagram. It's Wesley uh, underscore Pepper underscore. So you catch me on all of those networks. I'm also on LinkedIn. Fuck, I'm on everywhere. Uh, I'm on WhatsApp too, but I'll never give my phone number away on a public platform. Um, yeah, it's just something I'm not comfortable with. But remember, guys, catch on all that. Next week, we also have a very, very cool uh, guest. I'll be talking to Violet. Uh, she's, let me just get a full name there quickly. Uh, Violet Sohali Kitu, Kitui. Um, I think he too is a nickname. Um, she's the author of a book called Mulberry Dreams, uh, which also talks about the colored identity in Zim. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, also a very interesting story. I know she was a journalist. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the politics of happening in Zim and a book. And I'm uh, looking forward to that. So look out for that for next week and the week, the coming week, or rather the, you know, what that, two weeks from now, we'll be doing a... Um, yeah, I think that will be the 50th or my one-year anniversary as a uh, as a uh, <laughs> as a podcast host. Uh, as a podcast host, I'm still looking to see what other how I could package that episode. Um, so I'm still looking at what other guys are doing. Um, yeah, or rather, let me say I'm still researching to see how I can make it um, really cool. So, but I'll be keeping our guys up to speed on, on my social media. So check out that. Thanks for tuning in, man, and keep safe. And check you out next week.